name's Sid Garza Hillman, and this is what I think. These days, I exercise an hour a day, six days a week, one hour a day. I've talked about constraints before and how they serve in a way they kind of liberate you. If you're if they're self-imposed, you kind of set a constraint and it just became this thing where like, oh, it's Thursday. What? How much do I run on this? It's like hour a day, six days a week, done. I don't have to think about it. It's done. It's just it, easier for me to just not have to think about it. 48 minutes these days, an hour, get, the, get, get started. Today... I get on the treadmill to run for an hour and it is rough and I don't know why. Well, I kind of know why. Actually, I totally know why. I'm going to tell you why, but it was rough run and I'm, and I kind of hide the timer and I kind of just zone out or I'm watching a movie or something. And that's usually cause I don't want to pay. And so today I was like, okay, I've probably at least done like, you know, I'm at up to 50 minutes probably. Right. And it was like at 30 minutes. It's like, God, oh, it was just brutal. It's one of those days. And the reason is because I didn't sleep well. And so I took it easy on the run and there's no lesson here. I just want to tell you why I didn't sleep well, just to give you a little bit of, a little bit of, you know, a little bit of light into my night. My dog is sleeps at the foot of the bed. Lisa's and I, my bed, we're asleep foot of the bed and always is on top of me just because I don't know why it's, I rescued her from a rescue and she, well, I was the first one she saw. So to me, I'm the savior of, of her life. And that's, I'm, I'm assuming I'm projecting, but I'm assuming. So she's got to have her head on. So that's fine. She's had, has her head on my legs or my feet or whatever and how that goes. That's okay. I've gotten used to it. My cat sleeps right on my chest, just right on, right on the chest, not my stomach, just right up, right up there, right on the chest. And I could move and I could move them, but we all know anybody who has pets know you don't, there's a rule that you can't move them. You have to sacrifice your own quality of sleep to not, you know, interrupt them or to not put them into any level of inconvenience at all. So I'm asleep kind of, and my dog proceeds to have a gnarly, nightmare and i don't know what was happening in her brain i'm assuming there had it had to do with spiders polar bears or something crazy because she was running like a bat out of hell but not running just going through the motions on top of me that woke me up kind of here's what woke me up totally simultaneously my cat on my chest don't know what she was doing starts to fall off my chest she's asleep. She wakes up and decides to catch herself from falling by grabbing my chest with her full on nails into my skin, through my shirt, into my skin. That all happened right at the same time. And here's the topper. My mouth is taped shut at that time. Okay. Now you're going, wait, 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 what? Hold on. Back up. You, your dog, bad nightmare. Your cat falling, grabs herself to right herself by digging her nails into your skin and your mouth is taped shut. Here's why I'm doing more research on into breathing. And you guys know that I've done the Wim Hof thing every day, every day. I don't know. It's not really a sense of pride. It's just a fact, uh, since 2017, July. So I'm three years over three years of daily breathing the Wim Hof thing, but I've been doing more research onto other breathing techniques and I've been doing a lot of nasal breathing. I'm definitely have been a mouth breather. And I know there's like a pejorative interpretation of he's a mouth breather. I'm, I'm both of those things. I'm literally a mouth breather and also figuratively a mouth breather. 
Anyways, and so I've been reading about more breathing techniques and, and just the benefit of, of nasal breathing increased, you know, oxygen, they estimate like 18% more oxygen when you breathe through your nose and things like that. So I've been running and breathing only through my nose. And if I can't, then I slow down. That's kind of the rule. Today is an exception. I opened my mouth a few times because I was just freaking exhausted because of my cat and dog. Can I say that enough? So at night, so I'm training myself to nasal breathe. And in, in one of the techniques is to tape your mouth shut. Now, I'm using this first aid tape, which is clearly too sticky because in the middle of the night, as I'm, I, I'm only, I can get up to like an hour, an hour and a half. And then I kind of wake up and realize like I need to untape my mouth, but it hurts to untape. So there's a whole thing. There's lots of things going on right now. I need to find a, a, a an effective yet non peeling my skin off kind of uh, solution. I'm not there yet. But anyway, this all happened. So I'm like my mouth tape shut. I'm, it's kind of a little bit of a struggle, but it's okay. And then I take the tape off, but the, with the dog and the cat and the whole thing, uh, that's my treadmill this morning. Just that whole culmination of all that craziness. And my dog wakes up the next morning. Like I slept well, how would you, did you do? Okay. My cat's just like, yeah, what's up? I felt, I felt great. I feel good. I'm going to go, uh, go find another place to fall asleep right now. Mm. Uh, so that's the breathing thing. I might talk about that later at some point. And, you know, but I am exercising nasal breathing only for most most of the time. That's rowing and the bike and the and the running. I just take it real easy and long deep breaths through my nose. Kind of cool, and I and I and I, and I like it. So I'll do the Wim Hof thing, and then on the way down in my car, I'll do some very slow nasal breathing kind of stuff. That's just what I'm working on right now. More on that later. Not in this episode, by the way. Just later in my life. Okay. Thank you to everybody who patreons me and. Um, and uh reviews me it, it the episodes and the small steppers thing the launch is open if you're listening to this before september 4th because i'm shutting it down a little early i'm just kind of tightening up this group so it's what it is but get in there's still space small steppers is open smallsteppers.com you can read the whole thing the sales landing page thing is there you can read about everything you can join there if you're already a member you can log in from there smallsteppers.com cool thank you Hope to, I, the course starts September 7th, 2020. So I can't wait. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, so thanks. And on that note of thanks, by the way, I was a guest on a show called The Gratitude Podcast. The Gratitude Podcast. I mean, that all sums it up. And so I'll link to that in the show notes of this. Nice guy. He's the guy, oh, but he's the guy I joked about who's in Romania. It's that guy. So he emailed me and he was like, two things. One, going live. Two, what's your setup? Because you sound really good and you sound better than I sound. And I was like, you're damn right I do, brother. You're damn right I do. You know why? Because I'm a freaking professional. Just not financially, but I'm a freaking professional. Mm. Got the setup. So I emailed them the whole thing. So here's the microphone I use. Here's the thing. I can't, I'll share that information. It's not proprietary. I want everybody to sound good. I'm not trying to hide it. If you want to sound good, just let me know. I'll freaking set you up. I'm not going to pay for it. I'll set you, I'll show you what to get, what to get. Um, I did a, um, the, the, look, this episode is called The Red Pill. I, I tend to, I think I quoted The Matrix. Did I quote The Matrix? I did. I quoted The Matrix in my first book. And um, I think about that movie a lot. Not because uh, it's just a great movie. Okay. It's a great movie. Uh, and in spite of Keanu Reeves, and I don't want to be mean to Keanu Reeves, but we've lowered the bar. I use him as an example. Like it's a low bar. Like he's the guy that is so generally not a good actor that if he does anything decent, we're like, that's good. We want, we have like the humane part of us deep down goes, we want him to, we want to have a movie where we can say he's very good. 
he's very good in that movie and makes us feel good because we just don't like the pain of seeing most of his movies where he's not good. So he did a great job in The Matrix compared to him. Anyways, and so I, I often think about this red pill because the movie is very philosophical and awesome. I've showed my kids. That's how crazy that is because it's pretty violent. But I'm like, guys, listen, it's bigger than the violence because this is like the heavy duty. So what is? I didn't show them when they were two. I showed them you know, 11 years old. Their, their friends have seen way worse movies like It. My kids have not seen that and won't. Uh, not in not under my roof. Anyways, and so the red pill, it comes up a lot in my just day to day because it's, it's, it encapsulates, if you haven't seen the movie, freaking go see it. That's crazy. Don't listen to another one of my episodes unless you have seen The Matrix. That's nuts that you have not seen The Matrix. Shame on you. Pull your car over. Go to a video store because they still are around. Go to Blockbuster and rent it on beta, I find is better quality. The red pill encapsulates knowledge. It's this, it's the, the metaphor of, you know, you take the red pill, the blue pill. The red pill in the movie is if you take that, you find out the truth. You find out what's going on. If you take the blue pill, you go back to living in, uh, you know, behind the, you know, so like under the, under the shroud, like you just don't know what's going on. Red pill, blue pill. So in the movie, he makes a choice. Of course, he goes with the red pill and he finds out the truth of the reality and the matrix and the whole thing. I don't want to give it away. Uh, Keanu Reeves will t- shuttle you right through the experience. Anyways, so it comes up a lot because, of course, in the work that I do, a lot of the stuff that I'm working on with people and in small steppers and in nutritionally, in other words, is a, is a knowledge that when presented can, it's, you gotta be, like I said, when I quoted the Tom Robinson, either last episode or the episode before, you gotta be ready for it because otherwise it's, uh, it can be damaging. Like if you don't, you got to be ready to take the red pill. Like, really think about it. Because we all, some, we'll, we'll go, yeah, of course I want to know. It's like, you may not want to know. Because as soon as you want, to, as soon as you know something, you know, like if it's nutritional, and you sort of get the knowledge on that, it can fuck a lot of things up because you, it can be all of a sudden put you into a conflict that didn't exist before. You've been told that dairy is good for healthy bones and you like cheese and they're there. And then you, when you find out the knowledge, the truth about that, the unbiased, somebody not trying to sell you something truth. And then you, then you are immediately in conflict and that can be stressful and it can be not enjoyable because it was easier before. And now, you know, this thing, you've got to be ready to do it because you got, then you got to either make a change and stop doing the thing that you, you know, change your actions or stuff that knowledge. And you got to find a place to put that knowledge because you don't want to use it. And that's, and that's, and that's can create trouble for people in the modern world who know better, but still act a certain way. They've got to, obviously I'm going to be advocate for them changing their actions to be in line with what they know and what they stand for, but they got to know what they stand for. First of all, and they got to have the strength to do that, or they're going to just shove that down. And that's the stress of that is not a nightmare. It's a nightmare to live day to day. We all have that, by the way, but it is a nightmare. I think the things that we don't want to think about are vast. Uh, and we can't get through day to day if we think about all those things. So I get it. It's just if you can minimize the stuff that you are shoving down in the glove compartment of your brain. Great metaphor, Sid. God, that's a good one. Let me write that down. The glove compartment of the brain. I do keep gloves in my glove compartment. I'm literally the only one. I will actually put gloves in there. I don't wear them, but I just, I feel like that's the compartment for that. And that's where I put my freaking gloves. Uh, and it's so far so good. Uh, so anyway, I'm teaching this cooking class and it's in a way, this is the red pill I took, but it's, 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 
I notice how I see food now and it's difficult in a way. And I love teaching cooking classes. I'm not saying that. And I really love them now. I realize that when I do a cooking class now with the coronavirus and everything, there's definitely less cooking classes and that's whatever, what it is. But when I do them, it's social and like we're in the same room. And I realized how much, um, I was missing that, you know, like the first few classes I took, I was like, oh, this is going to be a nightmare because it's demonstration only. And we have to, you know, they're like sitting 10 feet away, whereas they used to be at the mobile kitchen. I got all the windows open. We're all wearing masks, but it's in the room. And I'm like, this is great. Can you guys hang out after? Like it's, I don't do that, but I feel like doing like, you guys, no, don't leave. Don't leave. Come back. Come back. I'll, I'll do another class. I don't really do that. I'm just saying. But it's difficult because I don't want to enable what I'm teaching. Here's what I mean by that. I am teaching a cooking class. It's not a nutrition class. Now, I'm going to bring in some nutrition. I'm going to talk about that. A lot of people have questions. That's fine. If they don't, I don't really talk about it. But I will kind of sometimes if, they're, if they ask. But the whole goal of that cooking class, obviously, is to make food taste good. That's what it is. It's to make it taste good. And a lot of people who come in, they're not plant-based. Most people aren't plant-based and they are gunning to experience food in a way that mirrors or at least equals their experience as it exists in the world. In other words, if they come in eating the things they're used to eating and dig it, if they're going to partake in a new way of cooking, it better for damn sure be as good as what they were doing. And that's the mark there. And so like I just did a class with a, a vegetarian, so they eat a lot of dairy. So I'm doing like, you know, my cat, my famous cashew ranch dressing. And they're like, this is phenomenal. Like, this is phenomenal. She's like, I will eat this. That's a lot of pressure because if I screw that up, she potentially doesn't make a change to her diet that will benefit her. And I've kind of screwed that thing up. Whereas the alternate is I can show her, you can make this taste as good as the other thing. And then she walks out the door, potentially a healthier person because of me, that's great too. But that's a lot of pressure. And I think that I don't want to be the way that I look at food now, knowing what I know, sort of the red pool, the red pill of this is that we are so focused on the taste of it never is a question on menus like what's the most nutritional i've said this before it's always like what do i feel like what do i taste like and i'll make this change if i can i'll be frank here if i can get as high as i get from this other thing if you can make me i'm making them high i'm getting them high in class that's what's happening right now i'm getting them high they, they taste it and i sit there and i bring a taste over to the table and i walk back to my thing and then they take the thing and so we're all separated by six feet it's very weird it's very like post-apocalyptic this is like a post-apocalyptic cooking class just the masks and the freaking hazmat suits kind of but not but they taste it and i wait and they taste it and they taste it and they go and they don't go this is nutritious they go hmm, hmm. i think it needs to be and they're and it's like the the back and forth it's a cooking class of course the, but, but the back and forth is all 100 percent about the taste so in a sense i'm enabling the drug connection between humans and the food that we eat, most of us, because we ain't eating for survival and we're not eating for nutrition, most of us. If we are eating for nutrition, it's it's we sort of understand and want a baseline of like, okay, here's our ingredients and they're good. And then we just change the shit out of it to make it, to, to make it enough to where we can get it high. I mean, our end game is always enjoyment in the moment of that food. It really, really is. Um, 
so so I'm in a weird place because I don't want to enable. I want to say to them, I'd like to say to them, listen, this is going to taste good. We'll get we'll get it there. Don't you worry. But but don't worry so much if it tastes just as good as the thing you were eating. First of all, your taste buds are probably going to you know change over time, which they do very quickly actually. But even if they didn't, that's my kind of my next thing and why I relate to even less people is because what if it doesn't taste as good? I mean, that's really the question I want to ask people. What if it doesn't? Because I think we need to be admitting that fried food and foods with added sugar and added salt, they taste better. That's why they do that because it gets us even higher. It's the cocaine of food. And when you eat natural food that's not bombarded with a bunch of crazy amounts of artificial stuff or at least extracted stuff like i mean i cook with salt but i don't use it it's not salt it's not potato chip salty you know it's like it's like barely it's like enhanced and then i use a little acid like a little lemon juice or something to kind of pop that flavor that's what i do in the cooking classes nowhere near the amount of salt in anything processed at all not by a long shot i mean not by a long shot but i think we need to admit that those foods taste better than healthier foods they just do because it's it's apples and oranges and you can't i can't make a potato taste as good as a french fry unless i make a french fry i mean they're just not i can't mock it i can get it pretty good by baking it a little bit of spray oil like just a light dusting a little bit of whatever but it's not going to be a french fry it's just not going to be it's not going to have level salt it's not going to have a level of oil saturated into that thing it's not going to happen and we can be babies about that. Or we can pay attention to the fact that, and be adults, that there are more freaking pressing concerns than being as high as possible every time you eat. And that's a bigger picture. I just can't go there in a cooking class because that's not, not, not why they're there. They're there to learn how to do cooking techniques to make whole plants taste as good as possible. But there's, I can see it in their eyes. They are tasting something and they're measuring it in their brains. Is this taste as good? Are we there? Could I eat this? Could I eat this? And I want to go like, look at if it tastes, even if it tastes not horrible, but even if it tastes like pretty good, look at the added benefits. You have, you have you know, bigger things at stake here, like your health and longevity and energy and all the things that I want to talk about, but I don't, I don't, and it's not appropriate. And I wouldn't in a cooking class. I do want to teach them techniques and they can get it to taste it. I figure it's a win if they go home and experiment with this stuff and are using better ingredients than they were before. If somebody blends up some cashews and they were opening a thing, a yogurt, I've won for them. I mean, for me, because I get to feel good about the work I do. And then for them, because they're getting off something that's super damaging. So that's a good thing, right? Mm. But I look at food because of this red pill I took years ago. I look at people when they eat and it's kind of weird. Like I come to, I don't love restaurants. Like it's, a, they're, it, restaurants are drug outlets. That's what they do. They, we go in and we want something to taste so good. It gets us high. And I do too. I have to shove that knowledge down there when I eat in a restaurant and I, cause I want to enjoy it. I don't want to sit there and go, God, this is weird the whole time. Cause it'd be, it'd be not enjoyable for me to do that. But I have to also teach people and myself to kind of create a balance of knowing knowing it seeing it for what it is seeing it taking the red pill on it seeing it for what it is and then just kind of like creating enough knowledge and action about it so i can sort of enjoy it but also not go too deep into that craziness it's what it is but it's weird as i'm teaching the cooking class i'm like i'm watching them it's it, you know what it is it's like it's that thing where like they taste it and they kind of pause 
and I can tell it's like lighting the brain on fire. It's what it, it's what they're like. They're analyzing it, and it's it's a, it's, a, it's it's what we do. It's what we all do when we eat food. And it's a weird thing. It's completely unnatural. I think it's good to know that. It's just not what animals, they don't savor. And animals don't go, okay, there's not, let me put a little more hot sauce on here so I get the hit. I got to get the hit. I got to get the hit. If that's not kept in check, we are in trouble. You know how I know? Because look at the health of our species. We need the hit. Why do we need the hit? Well, that's a bigger conversation. And I talk about that a lot, but we need the hit because of other non-food things. And we're offsetting the stress of our lives and the craziness of news and social media with as much of a hit as humanly possible at every time that we sit down to eat. And it's damaging our bodies. It really, really is. And then we think, well, I don't want to touch that because I love that so much. I'll now exercise the shit out of everything. And that's added stress too. You know, I'm working with a running client and it's been super rewarding. I said, but it's a, it's a lot of slowing down. It's like, you know what? This isn't about that one run. This is about you running 20 years from now. So you got to adjust your thing to make that happen. So do I. Today, when I woke up exhausted, I didn't try to do an interval run. I wasn't, I, not by a lot. I slowed down slower than I ran two days ago by far. And I'm in damn good shape. I run six days. I run, I exercise an hour a day, six days a week. I'm in good shape. I, I technically could have run faster today, but I was like, I'm not feeling it. And the fact that I slowed down enough, that's the win for me, for me. Because I am, have been that guy who goes, well, I don't care how I feel. I've got to push forward on this. I was like, if I push forward, I'm, the rest of my day is tanked. Then what happens is I can't do this podcast and make you guys high just by listening to this podcast. That's what I'm freaking talking about. Mm. I'm having coffee. I can't even tell you what kind of roast this is. I bought some weird thing. I don't even know the name. It's really good. But it's not like Ethiopian or Guatemalan. It's got some jiha thing. I don't even know. I don't know. It's very good. Um, so the red pill on this, the reason I was thinking about this is because really the cooking class thing inspired me to think about this because it was just like I was watching, I was watching the super nice people, by the way, like awesome. Um, but I'm watching this and, and, and every class I do, every class, it's, it's not these people, it's like every, literally every class I've ever done. It's that, it's that kind of um, experience where I'm watching them kind of analyze it and it's kind of weird. I just see it that way. Human, human weird. Um, the fact of the matter is, and I'll kind of wrap it up by saying this, in, in, and this is the truth, any action that delivers greater perspective, so taking the figurative metaphorical red pill, that action delivers greater perspective and awareness. That will require additional strength to make that knowledge productive and to make that action a life-enhancing action. It is... Ultimately, at the end of the day, s- strength. I'm really excited about the fact that my book is on its way um, because I deal a lot about strength, about the definition of my definition of strength, which is, anyway, I wish there was more of it in the world and it's definitely something I'm trying to develop in myself. I'll put it that way. Aware- in Small Steppers, I teach people awareness-based habit change. This is, this is what I would call awareness-based strength. Um, when you take that knowledge, that extra information, that can deliver you perspective and awareness. You got to be strong enough to use it in a way that is the opposite of damaging to you, that it actually is, it makes your life better. But there is a cost to knowing. There is a cost to knowing. And if you don't want to pay that cost, do not swallow the red pill.
heaven comes down But once in a while And he landed in you Landed in you Heaven comes down But once in a while And he landed in you Landed in you First we met him Then we tried then we settled and then we cried We came together and we spread apart As all at once we were And then we are Heaven comes down but once in a while And it landed in you, it landed in you Heaven comes down but once in a while it landed in you, it landed in you. The road ain't flat, why should it be? With our hands on our eyes, we become and see. We know where we come from, we know we'll go far, cause all at once we were, and then we are. Heaven comes down, but once in a while And it landed in you, it landed in you Heaven comes down, but once in a while And it landed in you, it landed in you Landed in you, landed in you, landed in you Landed in you, landed in you, landed in you.